listening to Rumination Thursday, Law and Gospel on this September the 12th in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Not too good. Not too good. What happened? I just heard a little interview, and I think that our audience needs to hear this also. It was between a pastor, and her name is Greta. And so let's kind of put this together. Uh, Pretend you're a member of her congregation, and she is going to be visiting with you And so she says, hi, I'm uh, the pastor, and you're a member of the congregation. Uh, What did you want to see me about, Wes? Well, you know, my wife was such a wonderful, great creation that God had made. And uh, she hadn't been in church there for a while, and part of it was she, she was ill. You know, she... She come to find out, uh, the doctor said that she had AIDS, and she was HIV positive, and uh, she passed away. And I was wondering if you'd do the funeral. Uh, do the funeral? Well, you do know, although I am pastor of this church, that I have already announced to people that I'm an atheist. Did you? Were you aware of that? Well, yeah, I heard there was some scuttlebutt about that. But, uh, you know, the, the church body we belong to is very inclusive. You know, we, 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 we were very accepting of people out there, and I would think that you would reach out and, and somehow touch our family. Well, since I don't believe in God because I'm an atheist, we're going to have to help the people be comforted by talking about you said your wife was a wonderful person, and we got to have a, a list of all her good deeds, and in that way, people can be comforted. But I'm not going to be able to tell you you're ever going to see her again, because, of course, she has just been extinguished into oblivion, and there is no afterlife, uh, because there is no God. Would you have a problem with that kind of a sermon? Oh, yeah. I mean... You know, our church body believes that there is a God. He's He's created and creating. And our church body, you know, this United Church of Canada, believes that uh, that there is uh, an afterlife. So I, I can't see how this fits into, into your way of thinking. Well, as you can probably guess, Wes and I are talking about a possible conversation that this woman would have with a member whose wife has died because this is true what we are talking about in fact it occurred in canada at the largest church denomination in canada the united church of canada and in 2013 she told her congregation she was an atheist And this led to calls by denominational leaders for her to be fired. And then later on, they decided not to fire her. Can you believe that? And the terms of the settlement are being kept confidential. And the reason is this. 
they had to struggle with what they considered two core values which are central to our identity. The first is our faith in God. Now, she already failed that one because she says she's an atheist. But listen to the second one. The second is our commitment to being an open and inclusive church. So what does that mean? How did you read that, Wes? Well, I thought first when I read that open and inclusive, they were talking about various types of faiths because the United Church of Canada was formed between Methodists, Presbyterians, Congregational Churches, and a few other uh, Christian independent churches. I didn't see that as uh, atheists and you name it out there, but evidently they must have gone that route and said that uh, you can believe just about anything. Yeah, it's one thing, because we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we don't have any problem with atheists coming to our worship services, but we're not gonna put them in the pulpit (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, in, in taking a look at this, that uh, struck me was uh, they don't accept the Bible as being God's word. They they believe it's a, a human document. Yes, she says that what she's doing is believing what she was taught at the seminary, and then she explains mm-hmm. it. I was taught the Bible was a human construction, and there is much wisdom in many texts, both ancient and contemporary, outside the Bible. And she says, if the Bible is not the authoritative word of God for all time, why does it take such a central position in the United Church? That's what she's teaching. Yeah, and that's... that's really one of the core values of, of that uh, church in, in taking a look at their their website is is a belief in God. And uh, to take that out of there is disavowing the ordination vows that she took back in 1993. Uh, yes. In fact, um, in the article, it says the conference that was examining her found she was unwilling and unable to reaffirm the vows she made when she was ordained in 1993. Uh, there, mm-hmm. There's another reason why women pastors is a disaster in the Christian church, because they already disagree with the Bible by becoming a pastor, and now she's not going to reaffirm the vows when she was ordained. And even worse... She is now making up her own laws rather than God's will. Yeah, there, there was a reason for for me selecting that because you go over the past couple of weeks of our discussion in this area of women in clergy and denial of the faith, uh, pastor uh, Muslim imams being chaplains at Christian universities to interfaith religions with the ELCA. That, uh, yeah, the ELCA now is in fellowship with atheists because right. from God's point of view, 
having Muslim teaching, etc., is really being an atheist. Remember, every false teaching is a breaking of the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And therefore, Allah and all these other religions that don't believe in Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation, from God's point of view, they are atheistic in the sense that they deny that there is a God as revealed in Holy Scripture. Right. And this uh, United Church of Canada watered down their, their belief system so much that there's there's little or nothing about Christ other than Christ uh, is, is a Redeemer that we can now work out our salvation, so to speak. Yeah, she uh, is really upset over this. She says, I still feel that this is my denomination, this is my heritage, and to refuse to allow me to participate and continue in ministry felt like a betrayal. Now, I could take that same sentence and put it on the mouth of God to allow mm. her to participate and continue in ministry is a betrayal against Almighty God. And no wonder these <laughs> denominations are falling apart and less and less members are occurring. Well, yeah. It, it, it's really this disavowing the vows that you took at ordination is... <laughs> Excuse me. As, as you remember, when we were ordained ourselves, we we took vows that that uh, Old and New Testament was and is the Word of God, and uh, is the sole, sole norm and rule for our lives. And here, they can disavow it <laughs> and live life as they see it. Yeah, one thing says. <laughs> Uh, this is the crux of the issue. She took a public vow on the day of her ordination that she can no longer in good conscience keep. Therefore, the Toronto Conference should have voted to remove her from active ministry. I mean, we have removed pastors recently in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Uh, primarily, there was one who believed in evolution rather than God's word. Uh, and then there were a number that I'm aware of who had sexual deviancies and homosexuality and uh, adultery and this sort of thing. We do not permit those to continue as pastors because they have broken their vows. And, and can you imagine a congregation finding out that a pedophile is leading their children in confirmation. Right, I I agree with what you what you're what you're talking about the the problems that it creates in the United Church of Canada. Uh, they do not accept the inter biblical interpretation on homosexuality. No, they believe that that was just a, a human uh, orientation that should be lifted and, and stricken from the Bible. Yeah, and, and see, this is, and she even admits it, that she's teaching what she was taught at the seminary she attended, that the Bible is a human construction. Uh, I know we had a breakup in our own Missouri Synod between what's called Seminex 
And they, many of them, believed that a lot in the Bible was human construction, and it wasn't really God's Word. I had professors who, of course, believed in evolution, who were not against homosexuality, who didn't have a problem with women ordination, and uh, a number of other things. Did not believe that many of the miracles Jesus did, he really did. He, they, they had the idea that the writers of the Bible just invented them to make Jesus yeah. look better than he really is. Well, it kind of brings up the question, you know, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit in all of this? I mean, has, has they, is it a denial of their faith and denial of, what, of, of, of vows that they made as at the confirmation or belief system? What's, what's going on there? Well... As I shared with you, a recent pastor was talking about Pentecost, and he said the real meaning of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit within you now replaces God's law in the Scripture. In other words, you don't have to look to the Scripture to find out what the will of God is. You look within yourself, and therefore, that's why people are living immoral lives because the devil within them is getting mm. them to believe this nonsense. And this particular, I don't even like calling her a woman pastor, but um, she's not the only one, is she? There was another article that we were looking at. Well, that was uh, this fellow that was part of an evangelical church up there, in, I believe in Canada, but he he joined this group called the Clergy uh, project, which was uh, um, ex-clergy who who became atheists and left their their churches, but they they were not just only uh, Christian ministers or priests, but Jewish rabbis, imams, and things like this who no longer believed in the supernatural. Yes, it began in 2011, set up by the British evolutionary biologist and ardent atheist Richard Dawkins. And they're saying they're going to have their 1,000th participant sometime in the next month, which would be October 2019. And you were correct. Uh, it's former clergy who have lost their faith from 49 countries and the majority of the group's 994 participants are from the U.S. and Canada. But they not only include ministers and priests, but rabbis and imams, which mm. didn't have to go very far to become atheistic because the God that they believe in doesn't exist anyway. And what was interesting in reading through some of the, the stories of I, I centered in looking at basically those that claim to come out of the Christian tradition is they blame parents for, for their loss of faith. They blame the seminary for the education that they had or, or you know, other people. But uh, nothing about the Word of God being being their sole norm and rule of their life or Christ as, as, as their Savior from sin. You know, I think part of the problem, and here's where the church could be helpful, we keep using the word atheist, 
And that kind of comes from two words, atheism, mm. which means without God. But I don't like calling them atheists. I prefer to call them haters of Christ. Ooh. You think they're haters of Christ because they lost their faith? Because they don't believe in Christ. Mm. And any unbeliever, look at, look at how Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. Your father is the devil. And there's no doubt that the Pharisees hated Jesus to the point where he was crucified. And I don't think people understand atheism is not something that you can tolerate uh, within the Christian church simply because it's hatred of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Well, what you're looking at then is that one is either a follower of Satan or a follower of Christ, but you can't can't be both. You exactly. can't be in between. Can okay. you name somebody in the Bible who was not a follower of Christ, and we could regard him at that point as hatred of Christ? Well, it's often looked at as Judas. Well... All the time, oh. I'm thinking of someone on the road to Damascus. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Paul, too. Paul would be the other one. Yes. When Saul thought he was believing in the true God, he was not. He was being used by Satan to hate Christ. Remember, Jesus himself says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. persecuting. And yeah. we need to understand that that people who want to be atheists, uh, etc., are breaking the first commandment. You cannot break any commandment, two through ten, without breaking the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And we are just too nice when we talk about those. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't confront them, discuss with them, have uh, various seminars with them, to help them see where their error is. Jesus was doing that all the time. He, even though he knew they hated him, he still would have conversations with them, uh, but he did not back off doing what they considered to be blasphemy, namely talking and eating with prostitutes and with tax collectors and known sinners because that's why he had come into the world. And we ought to have the same attitude toward those who hate Christ. Yeah, well said. And I think that goes back to what you said earlier. They don't fill our pulpits. You know, we are the ones that spend the time talking, witnessing, instructing, trying to bring them back into the faith, not them you know, espousing stuff which the scriptures don't proclaim. You know, it's kind of interesting, this word inclusion, our people need to understand that it can mean something good and it can mean something bad. When the Missouri Synod says we are an inclusive denomination, that means there's no one we would refuse to come to our worship services to hear the word of God or come to our adult Bible classes. But the way the word is being used today is to talk about unrepentant sinners can become members of the Holy Christian Church. And an example, of course, is this woman who has announced that she is an atheist, Greta Vosper, V-O-S-P-E-R. 
Uh, you can look it up on Google and find a lot more about her. Yeah, what, what brings to mind is we're very inclusive in our liturgy, and that's that's when we make confession of sins. I, poor miserable sinner, you know, we all confess our sins as God describes sin, not as we describe sin. Exactly. There's no distinction between a pastor in God's eyes who is a sinner and a pedophile. Both mm. are sinners deserving of eternal damnation. But in light of what Christ has done for us, we now are freed from having to pay for our sins. That's what forgiveness means. God no longer holds us accountable. Accountable. But, well, see, go ahead. I think that's that's the, the major point, and that's what's missing when when we read these articles or we go to these websites and look at the churches. Jesus is missing as, as the Savior from all sin, not what we call sin, but what he calls sin, and he died on the cross for us, rose for us. Yeah, after the article, there were a number of statements made by readers, some of whom are from the denomination, and I, I, I think this one's point on. She's basically now a cult leader. She says there is no ultimate moral law giver, but remains in a position of power to pass down her own moral law. <laughs> I thought she should get a kick out of some of those. In fact, some called her a parasite. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not happy with her, and they're really angry at the denomination because um, one of the reasons is that for some reason her congregation is supporting her. And so the denomination didn't want to start a fight with the congregation. Can you imagine Jesus saying, oh, I won't start a fight with you Pharisees. You're right. You're saved by your ceremonial law obedience. I don't want to start a fight with you. What, what often comes to mind is is uh, Acts 4.12, where Peter says to the Sanhedrin, oh, it's okay to believe whatever you want to believe. He, he doesn't say that. He says Jesus is the only name under which we must be saved. So when individuals move to another city from whatever, maybe Missouri Synod congregation, they really need to examine what are the teachings. I, I just got a uh, call from one of our listeners who didn't realize that the Lutheran Church was ELCA. And so he was going to join that because it was the closest one until he found out now that they are now in fellowship with atheists, etc., uh, giving communion to people who don't believe it's the body and blood of Christ. They frankly have left Christianity in order to become like this atheist woman here, a law unto themselves. And, you know, it's taken a little bit of time, but from the 60s and 70s, where they were talking about that somewhere in the Bible, it contains the Word of God, and it's our our uh, job to pick and choose what, what we think the Word is. Yeah, what it really means. Uh, just go back to the Seminex folks trying to explain that Genesis 1 wasn't how God really created the world. And it was just unbelievable listening to those professors who had parents that were very conservative 
and yet they were totally against God in these areas. And, and no wonder the ELCA has fallen apart because of the entrance of Seminex into it, as well as other false teachings. It's no surprise. And at our, at our convention, we passed a resolution saying that it was a six-day natural day uh, creation, that it, it is as the Bible tells us. The convention also recently, not this one, but prior ones, indicated that the ELCA is no longer to be considered a Lutheran church because it has gone so far away. I mean, they even had an agreement with the Roman Catholic Church on justification by grace through faith. And when you read that, the Roman Catholics haven't changed their position, but ELCA changed their position. Oh, especially when you see in their last convention, they chastised the pastor for saying Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me, that he shouldn't have been saying that. Exactly, because they had these atheists sitting up there in front of them on chairs, the various other religions of the world, none of whom believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Savior. And that's what really got the uh, uh, woman pastor who heads up the ELCA, (laughs) surprise, surprise, into (laughs) such a tiffy. Well, look, tomorrow is Open Mic Friday. You may want to ask a question. Maybe Wes and I are in error on this. Maybe we should be more inclusive, but we don't (laughs) think so. No, I don't think think you're going to find much disagreement when it comes to the Word of God on this. I know. So give us a ring tomorrow on Open Mic Friday. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.